Welcome to a special bonus BG Mania, a celebration of BG Mania. And BG Mania, did I say it enough times, Frank? It's a weekly video game music podcast brought to you by Level Down Games, where we explore some excellent music and talk about our experience with each game. I'm Brian, joined as always by the two-year-old himself. It's Frank. Brian, uh, what's the name of this uh, podcast again? BG Mania. <laughs> For those just joining us, what we like to do here at BG Mania is challenge ourselves to never play the same track more than once, except... For special occasion episodes like our anniversaries, which guess what? This episode is our two year anniversary celebration here for the show. I am so excited to do this episode. We have 20 excellent tracks. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's like two times 10. That's like 10 times two. We have eight from me, eight from you, Frank, three from Jessica, and we do have one from the listeners out there. But on a normal week-to-week basis, when you're not listening to a bonus episode, it's Friday the 12th. Dragon Quest Builders 2 just came out today, and hopefully I'm playing it, but I don't know if I'm going to have time today or not. But on a normal week-to-week basis, you're always guaranteed to hear something new, something fresh, and something exciting each and every week. Don't forget to head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever listening to us and leave that five-star rating and a review so we continue to climb the charts in terms of search results. But right now, all I'm focused on is this celebratory episode. It is going to be amazing. It's going to be fun. I know what I have in store. I have, I have no idea what you have, but uh, this is going to be a fun, fun episode from top to bottom. From bottom to top, from top to bottom. It's going to be phenomenal. And Frank, we originally, when we started planning this episode, we didn't have a theme in mind. We were just going to do what we did last year, pick random tracks, some we've played before, some we haven't. And then you hit me with a very rare for you, a good idea. Uh, you know what? It's a backhanded comment, but I'm going to take it. <laughs> so what is the theme, Frank? Every track here is from the second game in a series. So part two, two year anniversary. Yes. Every track that we terrible picked. twos, but not even terrible because all these tracks are going to rock. Every track that we've picked, and I did tell Jessica the theme off air. She picked uh, tracks from the second games as well. Our listener track is not from the second game because we didn't want to spoil the theme for you guys. We didn't want to ruin the little surprise that we came up with while recording the Super Mario Maker 2, which also is a 2. We did that episode this past Wednesday. If you missed that, go check it out. Fantastic episode. But yeah, I didn't want to spoil it, so we didn't give away the theme. The listener track is not from a part two, but that's okay because it's a great track. We'll find a way to make it a part two. We'll find a way to make it a part two while listening to it, but probably not. (laughs) Frank, you had the opening pick on the uh, what the hell is that? We're going to be an elaboration, the celebration episode. Well, this BG Media elaboration uh, (laughs) kicked it off with one of the best sequels in all of gaming history. Banjo Tooie. Yeah, it was. It really was good. It really, really, really was good. Uh, I mean, you know, it's a good episode when we're kicking it off with Grant Kirkhope, you know. Um, so that was Racing with Mary from Banjo Tooie came out, which I know we've not played before. I tried to get no repeats. Fingers, you know. I have repeats because there's a couple that I definitely wanted to play. This well, episode. of course, no, but I, I did my, I did my damnedest there. It came out November twentieth, two thousand. Banjo-Kazooie was 98, right? The first one? Was that 98? Yeah, because that was the same year as Ocarina of Time. Yep. So hyped for Banjo being added to Smash Brothers. It was on my mind for a while. I was like, man, have we played any Banjo music? Surprisingly, not a lot. 
Yeah, we've played a few tracks from Banjo here and there, and every time we play music from it, we always make note that we haven't played much of it yet. <laughs> I'm sure when the DLC comes out for Smash Brothers, we're going to end up just doing a ton of Banjo music. I'm sure we will, just because it would make sense to do so, especially if they add some new music from Banjo-Kazooie into Smash Ultimate, which you know they will. Hell yeah. Uh, but yeah, dude, if they ever, ever, ever put out this rumored, fabled... N64 Classic, you know this is going on there. Oh yeah, especially now that Microsoft and Nintendo have such a strong working relationship. Obviously, we are getting Banjo and Smash. We have Cuphead on the Switch. There's rumors that Ori and the Will of the Wisps is coming to Switch. Uh, potentially Blind Forest as well. Maybe something to do with Halo. You know, they have a great relationship, so there's no reason why Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo-Tooie would not be on a potential Nintendo 64 Classic if they decide to go that route in the future. It's just a fun track in general. Like it's, That's what we're about here. It's, it's a party. We're having fun. We are having fun. And we'll go ahead and kick to my first pick now. And this is something that I wanted to do because it takes us all the way back to episode one of BG Mania. So from Super Mario Brothers 2, this is the overworld theme. from Super Mario Brothers 2, which came out here in North America on the Nintendo Entertainment System, October 9th, 1988, composed by the wonderful and legendary Koji Kondo, which we just heard a couple new tracks from this past Wednesday on that Super Mario Maker 2 episode. Again, if you missed that, go check that out. because It was a great episode. Isn't it crazy? Koji's been doing this music for over 30 years. Koji has been doing music for over 30 years, in particular with Mario, but... Yeah, man, it's just so freaking cool. He is fantastic, and we know that that it's always going to be great every time he's put his name on something. Man, he technically, in four more years, he'll have been going for 40 years because his <sighs> first game was the uh, arcade version of Punch-Out in 1983. So wow. we are coming up on his 40th anniversary, and we will definitely, because you know we'll still be going strong in 2023 because of how many episodes we have lined up, but we will have to do something in that year. Cause there's no, let me see. Does punch out actually have an actual date attached to it? 
Let's no. find out. But it's probably going to be like 2021, 2022. Japan was December 1983. So maybe at the end of 2023, we'll do like a, because then it came out in North America in February 84. You think they do an anniversary? Uh, like they'll put it out on an anniversary? The one that they've been uh, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. But I'd like to do a special Koji Kondo type thing. I mean, I, we've already we've already done a spotlight on him, but I'd like to maybe we'll do a part two or something for his 40th anniversary. Like, that's the show's going to be so big, we're going to have him on the show. We, we would need a translator. We'll need Bill Trennan to come in as well. <laughs> we have Kyle. True. But Kyle's Japanese is very... Uh, as between, liked, him and, between him and me, we can figure it out, okay? I'm sure. No, Kyle's Japanese is great, but he speaks a very broken Japanese, and, and he'll be the first one to tell you that. He he learned it somewhere in, like, the backwoods of Japan. <laughs> I wanted to get Mario 2 on the episode, though, because, like I said, it takes us back to episode 1, which yeah, is... Yeah, let's not go back to episode 1. Episode 1 was the worst episode of all of EG Mania. That's, pre, that's pre-Frank. Frank didn't join until episode 2. So, man, episode one, I like to say, is really the best episode we've ever done because it was before no, you man, even no, existed no. to level down games. The Phantom, okay? <laughs> the Phantom Menace. Yes. <laughs> All right, man, let's kick to our first Jessica track on the episode. She submitted three for us today as well. And this one right here comes from a game that I've yet to play, but I know you have put a ton of time into. So from South Park, the fractured butthole, this is Prologue. That was Prologue from South Park, The Fractured Butthole. Came out October 17th, 2017 here in North America on PC, PS4, Xbox One, actually worldwide. And that was composed by Jamie Dunlap. Again, 
not played that game. I want to. I own it. I actually have it on PS4 sitting right over there on my shelf. I know, Frank, you've put a ton of time into that game, though, and you've had positive things to say about it. It is. You know, it's it's hard to get me to play a turn based combat kind of game, but it's not hard to get me to play the South Park game, I guess, because of the fact that it's just the childish humor if you if he's in there. Uh, I just I guess I don't like serious RPGs. I'm more of a, I'm more of a cash kind of guy. <laughs> cash. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so so casual. I don't even finish that word. <laughs> uh, I do like that track though. It it gets very epic toward the end. It's and very Avengery, which is yeah. which is the point. Yeah, because this whole game is based off of their superhero personas, I guess, from the TV show. And uh, the first one, The Stick of Truth, you kind of hit was more like medieval fantasy type things going on. Very Lord of the Rings. Very, exactly, exactly. And, And now here we moved into the superhero side of things. So I'm wondering if there's a third South Park game, where would they go from there? We've already, had the, we've already had the, the medieval fantasy setting. Now we've had the superheroes. I'm going to throw it out there. Imagination Land. Oh, maybe they did do that. Imagination. No, I'm not going to sing that song. They did a trilogy <laughs> of episodes on that, didn't they? They did. Yeah, I do remember that actually from the uh, man. That was like seven or eight seasons ago. God, that was a long time ago. And it's crazy to think old, about Brian. that. Oh, it's just crazy to think about that. For Christ's sake, our baby's two today. We don't have a baby, Frank. (laughs) I consider BG Mania my child. Okay. (laughs) You are not half of the parent. You are not the father, as Maury would say. Wow. (laughs) I want my child support back. All right, let's go back to you. Well, Brian, there's one thing you can say about me, Brian. It's that I'm different. You are different. But I'm but inside, I'm the same. We're going to play also something different. Also, also different there as well. We're playing some Mike Moraski. Okay, something, okay. It's something I'm known to do. And as my bay, Ikumi Nakamura says, I want to play something spooky. Gotcha. Okay. From Team Fortress Two. Totally spooky. This is a haunted fortress too.
And that was the Haunted Fortress 2 from T Fortress 2. Uh, came out October 10th, 2007. Holy crap, I'm old. Uh, <laughs> composed, as I said, by Michael Murawski. Yeah. How cool is that? Dude, I love the Halloween event. Uh, I don't know how big the T Fortress 2 you were. Never. Never played never? it. Okay. Never <laughs> played it. <laughs> I'm going to say something here, and if you insult me, we're going to end the podcast now. Um, I played as the heavy. Okay. <laughs> Carry on. So my Halloween outfit was the Grand Duchess. So it was a tiara, fairy wings, and a little tutu. Frank, I didn't know you were in this game. You know what? <laughs> I'm trying to hold it in so much. No I got mind. more. I have more to say too. I just. Eh. I don't. Appre- I don't appreciate that. Okay. Ugh. I have feelings. Yeah, I know. I know. Why did why did the name of the heavy? Who's <laughs> a heavy gunner? I did not realize they had such a like eerie track in this game. Is this uh, like a map track or what is this? It's it's the Halloween event. Oh, so this play does this play during like in like a menu or in the actual game itself? The actual game itself, but during, during okay. the actual like, event. Um, there's a couple versions of the Haunted Fortress, but I picked this one because it's Haunted Fortress Two. In T Fortress Two, I cut the two there twice. It's neat, man. You have like the 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 black cat. I'm assuming the black cat. It it, it while we hear it's a cat, but I it, you know, it's if it's haunted and it's black. Black cat meowing in the background. Um, you have like the the witch cackling. I I really like the small details that Mike Morawski actually put into this track. It's it's well done. The man has skill. No, he you does. I and I don't argue that at all. I mean, he he's really good at what he does. And, as you know, he's one of my favorite composers. Uh, so yeah. much so that, spoiler alert, you will hear him again later in this episode. Well, gee, uh, I wonder what game that's from. Oh, like I didn't tell everybody uh, <laughs> last week <laughs> what that's from. But if you weren't paying attention, you'll find out. Yeah, you'll find out a little bit later on. But, man, that was just really cool. And uh, if you are a newer listener to BG Mania, every October... Frank and I do a spooky month of episodes where we exactly we always do. We try to pick like a series and we'll do two episodes on it. Like we've done Mega Man and Castlevania so far. I haven't spoiled this year's episodes yet, so I don't want to. But we are going to be focusing on another game series this year. Plus, we're going to do some other themes like, you know, we've done. What have we done in the past? I don't even remember what we've done in the we past. Should do like, we should do like our greatest fears as an episode. So like taxes and commitments and <laughs> <laughs> exercise. Healthy foods. That's both of us, man. <laughs> what is that? Get out of the way from me. No, that would be that. That's that an interesting idea, though. But yeah, check it out. Every October, we've got two Octobers, 2017 and 2018, already in the books. Plenty of spooky episodes out there. And we always do a bonus episode on Halloween itself with just a couple tracks, which that track right there would have fit perfectly into. And radio hours sometimes are spooky as well in October. So October is generally a spooky time here for BG Mania. There are plenty of spooky Mike Morasky hits. Don't you worry. I will fill them up. You will find a way. Exactly. All right, man, let's move on to, to my next pick here. And there was a particular composer that I knew for sure I wanted to include today on the episode because it's been a while since we've heard him on the show. So I had to go in and look and really just to see what else he's done. And the only time I could find him in a game that fit the theme of the episode is Killzone 2 because I'm talking Joris Demand. 
and I knew I knew I wanted to play something from him on this episode today because we really haven't heard him since we did our deep dive into Horizon Zero Dawn. Several freaking episodes. Man, it's been a while since we've played anything from Horizon Zero Dawn, and we haven't even played enough from that game because the whole soundtrack is is just phenomenal. But Joris Demand is really a criminally underrated composer, so I wanted to include him on this celebra- celebratory episode. So, from Killzone 2, this is Birth of War, otherwise known as Retribution.
And that was Birth of War, otherwise known as Retribution, from Killzone 2, which released here in North America February 27th, 2009 on the PlayStation 3, and was composed, as I mentioned before we listened to it, by Joris Deman. I am very against first-person shooters. I'll just say that now. I don't like them. I have a hard time getting into them. I only usually play them for the story, but something about Killzone has always been appealing to me. I liked the first Killzone. I like Killzone 2. I like the one on the PS4, but I think more realistically, I just like Guerrilla Games. Guerrilla Games is phenomenal when it comes to actually developing a game, and I think that just can clearly be seen by Horizon Zero Dawn, how phenomenal that was. But there's something in this track that's special, Frank. Like, the name of the track is Birth of War. And I, when listening to that, get so much emotions from the time it begins to the time it ends. There's two, like, fake endings in that track where it fades out and you think it's over and then it picks back up. There's a lot of things going on here. And it's a beautifully composed track that is able to elicit so much emotion just by listening to it. And you don't have to know what's going on. You don't have to know anything about this, but it's still emotional. I, as I was listening to it, it has a very much, I, I wouldn't say Star Wars-esque, but like a very like high fantasy battle, which makes sense because it's, a, it's war. Yeah, but it is Killzone, which it's is Killzone. a, it, it's like a, you know, like a fantasy style. Well, it's like more fantastical even, isn't it? I would, I would, I would classify it like that. But you, I think you nailed it, man. Like Gorilla Games does great things. My favorite Gorilla game is Ape Out, and uh, also Donkey Kong Country. Yeah, well, yeah, that wasn't them as well. <laughs> Neither one of those. Those are actually Gorilla Games, no, not Gorilla Games. Oh, okay, my B. That's like saying they did Ape Escape. That was the Marvel Digital. How dare you? <laughs> no, that wasn't them either. <laughs> Ape Escape is Sony owned. Ape Out wow. is not. Wow. Devolver Digital and Sony working together? You heard no, it first. Not at all. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know, man. George DeMann is, is just fantastic. I really like what he does. Has, has George DeMann ever done uh, like film scores to your, to your knowledge? No, he he no, he's in-house at Guerrilla Games. He is their composer. Oh, wow. OK. I mean, he could. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, he definitely could, but he literally works for Guerrilla Games. He's only done the Killzone games and Horizon Zero Dawn. Well, if you ever want to branch out and make the uh, Little Dawn game story, Rise of the Frank, it's really going to be awesome. Yeah, I would hire him. <laughs> if, you, if you can orchestrate the whole kill scene where I kill Brian, it'd be really, really awesome. <sighs> would never happen, trust me. You'd have to catch me first, and I know how fast you run. Yeah, you can't run faster than a bullet, Prime. Um, <laughs> Can't break. <laughs> What's next? Okay. I'm sensing a little apprehension and evasion from you, Brian. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. See, see, what did, see what I did there? I I, yeah, I see what you did there. I'm, I'm, I'm a horrible person, and I have to force my segues into these episodes. I'm sorry. I apologize to all of you for my bad dad jokes most of the time. Uh, <laughs> from Half-Life 2, this is apprehension and evasion. Thank you. 
And that was Apprehension Innovation from Half-Life 2. Uh, came out November 16, 2004. Uh, the only reason, the only reason I picked this track is because next year for our third anniversary, I can't wait to pick from Half-Life 3. Okay. <laughs> That's right. You heard it here first. It's happening. And was this also Mike Murawski or no? No, this was done by Kelly Bailey. Uh, he okay. did Half-Life 1, Half-Life 2, and a little game called Portal. Working with Mike Murawski? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But yeah, nice little techno beats to get your blood flowing, get your freak on. It's very dancey, yeah. Like I even mentioned to you, like, man, I could totally hear this in like an actual club. You just see Gordon Freeman just spinning around his glow sticks and... Why is the name of this track Apprehension and Evasion? And it's like very dance club music. I'm curious about the name of that track. Who knows why things are named the, thing, the way they are? Your name, Brian, but you seem more like a douche. See what it is there? I don't, really think, I don't <laughs> really think anybody's first name is douche. Uh, I think it is. Probably somewhere in one of those countries. Deuce, maybe. Like uh, Deuce and Domino from the old WWE tag team with uh, Cherry Bomb as the old valet. I'm willing to bet there's someone out there whose name is Douche. Maybe. And if you're a listener, and if you're a listener, Douche, thank you. Welcome. <laughs> yeah, Half-Life 2. Crazy that it came out in 2004. Uh, Jesus, that's, you know, 15 years ago. Same year as World of Warcraft. How crazy is that? <laughs> it's unreal, man. Yeah, and we're still waiting for part three, and we're going to be waiting a long time. I, We're still waiting on part three of Half-Life. We're still waiting on, uh, you know, a new world of Warcraft. We're still, well, I, I, and I don't think there will ever be a new world of Warcraft, but I still think there's hope for potentially a Half-Life 3. Well, fingers crossed, you know, come on, Gabe, let's make this happen. Just like I keep holding out hope for a part three in this next game. What? Better transitions, Frank. One day you'll be able to rise to the level of transitions that I'm able to make. That's because I set it up for you. You're welcome, okay? You had no idea. <laughs> I'm I not just good. I can just use there's some transitions you have that are that are well done, but most of the time you you do force them and they just come off as very cheesy and corny, that is, just like it's part you. of my charm. I wouldn't call it charm. From Dark Cloud 2, this is Moonlight Tango.
And that was Moonlight Tango from Dark Cloud 2, which released here in North America on the PlayStation 2, February 17th, 2003, composed by Tomohito Nishiora, developed by Level 5. And Frank, I will give you points if you can kind of give me another franchise developed by Level 5 that that track sounds like it could be in. Ah, uh, first one. Persona is Atlas. What the, the hell if I know? I'm, okay, I'm American. Okay, I speak American. Another franchise developed by Level 5 that that track could be in. You've got nothing. No. What, what do you got for me? Professor Layton. No way could that be Professor Layton. You can't, the, the, game, the, the Game Boy Advance could not make that kind of music. That was that was spectacular. It sounds just like Professor Layton music. It does, and I feel like an idiot. Uh, but Tomohito Nishiura is the in-house composer for Level 5 and did the music for all the Professor Layton games up through Mystery Journey in 2017 and did the music for Dark Cloud 1, Dark Cloud 2, and Rogue Galaxy. And upcoming Dark Cloud 3. Uh, Mystery Journey, yeah, that's, I had to double check, but that is Catch Rail and the Millionaire's Conspiracy, which did actually just get confirmed to be releasing on the Nintendo Switch this November worldwide. And uh, I, I So is Brian. <laughs> I love the Professor Layton games, but yeah, Dark Cloud 3, hopefully if they ever do sign a contract with Sony to make that game, hopefully he will be, and there's no doubts in my mind that he wouldn't be the actual composer. If they want, I will volunteer my time as a motion cap art artist to, to help them out. Frank, I don't want to play another game as the heavy. Wow, Brian. <laughs> I thought I, I thought you were going to take it even lower and go with the, the boulder from Rock of Ages. But okay. <laughs> the heavy in Dark Cloud 3. <laughs> you are a mean person, Brian. Yep. Okay. I hope you get eaten to death by a tiger. But I did look into things. And uh, in a 2017 interview that Level 5 CEO Akihiro Hino gave to Nikai Business Publications, Rolling Stone lamented that Dark Cloud 3 was not among Level 5's plans anytime in the future because they cannot produce a new Dark Cloud game on their own because the license is co-owned by Sony. So Aww, that's, that's crappy. Level 5, even though they want to do a Dark Cloud 3, they can't actually do it until Sony also agrees for them to do it. And Sony, just for whatever reason, even though they make usually fantastic JRPGs like the Dark Cloud series, um, The Legend of Dragoon, all these RPGs that we've wanted to come back, for whatever reason, they're just not doing it right now. So we just kind of have to wait and see. I keep hoping that, you know, maybe maybe this is the year that they're going to finally say, hey, we've decided to do it. And it just it never happens. So maybe one day. But, but not, not anytime soon. But exactly. Not anytime soon. You know what? I'm going to take you over to the land of the rising sun myself. How about that? Okay. From Virtua Fighter 2. This is Ride the Tiger.
And that was Ride the Tiger, or Akira's theme from Virtual Fighter 2. Uh, came out in the arcades, that's the version you just heard there, January 95. Uh, I got three composers I looked up, I couldn't find the specific one. So we have Takenobu Mitsuyoshi, Takayuki Nakamura, and Akiko Hashimoto. Okay. So the, the, the song starts off a little bit of Japanese. Um, and what it roughly translates to is, you're 10 years too early. And that's, it became a bit of a meme. Uh, and it's a, it's an insult or something you say to someone you're fighting in Japan, you're 10 years too early, meaning your training isn't up to, up to my level. So you, you need another 10 years of training for you even think you have a chance against me. Um, uh, this is always my favorite track too. Uh, Akira's my dude. He's the, he's the, the main character. Yeah. He's like the, he's always on the cover. Usually exactly. like he's, yeah, that's him. Uh, and I was telling Brian, this is one of the classic games that I used to play back in the arcade days. Actually, this is at the movie theater where it had plenty of arcade games. Uh, this is one of the ones where I reign supreme, you know, you put your quarters up and make the, the, the winner stays, loser pays. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, 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 nothing, nothing but uh, good memories of this one. To the point where you know I had to be dragged away from the machine because the movie was starting, and you know you hear my mom or my sister's like, "Come on, we gotta go." <laughs> Frank, did you actually research these composers? Um, I did not look into other things they did. No. T- Takayuki Nakamura. That name sounds so familiar to me, and I had to look into it. And the reason being. It's the guy that composed the music for Dick Tracy on the NES, which we played a track from not that long ago. That's, we have played yeah. that, okay. <laughs> yeah, but I was like, man, like when you said that, I was like, we've just talked about him like a few weeks ago, maybe a month or two. I don't remember exactly how long ago it was, but I just, that name, as soon as you said it, like a light bulb went off. Like, man, well, I know just, this it's name. Distinct, it's distinct, yeah. Yeah, um, I know this name. <laughs> but this, this, this instrumentation in general it's just classic 90s fighter like it's just agreed agreed through and, th- through, and through uh you play something like this when you're in the gym it'll get you, pi- you know pumped up and ready to fight i used to play oh, this oh, oh, often oh, 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 on... I, I don't go to the gym all that often no. <laughs> <laughs> let's not get ourselves let's Although not get do, ourselves they, they do do free pizza on fridays which is pretty cool i used to play this all the time on the sega saturn you have a saturn also came out in 95. Remember I told the story that I had a Saturn and I had it for about a year and then I sold it oh, to get right. the PlayStation. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I actually may have told that story on max level. I can't remember if I told that story on BG mini or not, but yeah, I literally had a Saturn for like a year. My mom actually purchased it for me and uh, it, it just, no games really came out. So of the few games that I had to choose from, I had this virtual fighter too. <laughs> All the games that came out, this was one of them. This is definitely one of them. And, it played very similar to the way it did in arcades, so I, I had fun playing it on there. My friend across the street used to come over all the time, and we would definitely throw down. See, and now it was a lot I of fun. know it's a lie, okay? Because you didn't oh, have okay. any friends yeah, before me. I had a lot of friends. I had a lot of friends before you. And, uh, Lies! Better, better friends. No, <laughs> you just walk this way in front of our child this way. Like, like this. <laughs> you need to stop that. <laughs> We're going to go now to a RPG series that I've played some music from in the past, but never from this particular game. And this was exciting to me. And I actually had to look and see what the second game actually was in this series, because off the top of my head, I couldn't remember what it was. From Tales of Destiny, this is Barrett's Fangs.
And that was Bear Its Fangs from Tales of Destiny, which released here in North America on the PlayStation 1, September 30th, 1998, composed by a wonderful composer that's done a lot of music for Japanese RPGs, Motoi Sakuraba, who does all the music for the Tales games. And we've talked about him extensively because he also does music for like the Mario sports games, uh, just a lot of things, but mostly JRPGs, which is awesome. Uh, a little embarrassing here, but whatever. Um, I thought you said Barrett's Fangs, and I was like, is this song about a fucking werewolf? <laughs> also, we don't typically curse, but might be. Uh, that was just a pure thing that came to my head. Like, and then you said bear its fangs. Like, ah, oh, it makes more sense. Yeah, bear its fangs. Well, I well, that's not how I heard it at first, and I was like, okay. Bear I, don't know the Tales ga- I don't know the tales games. Maybe there, are were- Maybe there are werewolves. Who knows? Sometimes there actually are. <laughs> Usually, they're enemies, though. <laughs> okay. But yeah, the Tales games, man, they're phenomenal. And we just saw the most recent one get announced at E3 during Microsoft's press event. And that one looks phenomenal. It's like a freaking generational leap almost in the Tales games, the way that actually looked. What was the name of that one? I'm trying to sit here trying to remember Uh, Tales of Arise. Tales of Arise. That was the name of that one. But yeah, I just I love Tales games and they're JRPGs that I can always count on to at least bring me 50 to 80 hours worth of enjoyment. And and I do like that a lot. But Tales of Destiny was special. Tales of Destiny is a fantastic game back on the PS1. And as I mentioned, the actual second Tales game right behind the first one, which was Tales of Fantasia in 95 on Sega the- had nothing to do with this at all. Sega has nothing to do with this. It's Namco. Because it had a very Sega feel to it. It kind of does feel like Sega. Yeah, but no, it is Bandai Namco. Okay. Uh, Tales of Fantasia was exclusive to Japan. Uh, the first one in the series on uh, the Super Nintendo. We wouldn't see that one here till the Game Boy Advance port in 2006 in North America. Isn't it crazy when they do stuff like that where you, you don't get it until much, much later on a random yeah. system? Yeah, we didn't see the first one. We did get Tales of Destiny, though. Uh, a year after it came out in Japan, but we still did get Tales of Destiny. And then Tales of Eternia released on the PlayStation the year after it came out in Japan. And and that's when we started to get them consistently. But for whatever reason, Tales of Fantasia was uh, was landlocked to Japan. And actually, looking into it, there is a sequel to Tales of Destiny called Tales of Destiny 2, which we've not seen yet in North America. I would have let you pick a track on that as well, because I think that would have also counted somehow. I think it, I think it would have counted because there, it, 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 there's a two in the name, and that that does count. But yeah, it's released in Japan, Korea, Taiwan, but never North America. That's pretty crazy. I love that though. That's the battle music, as you can clearly tell. Oh, I mean, absolutely. I, just, I, 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 I love battle music in JRPGs. They're so much fun. All right, man. Let's go to the one listener pick that we have on the episode today. This does not come from a second game in a series or anything like that, because this track was actually submitted for a radio hour. And I, you know, we didn't give actually that much time. And for that, I do apologize. We probably should have given like a month notice. We actually only gave about a week and a half notice for listeners to submit tracks. And I know not everybody listens to the episodes on the day that they post. We do have several people that do probably a couple hundred that do that actually. But of those people, you know, maybe 1% will submit a track. So it's very rare. 
but we didn't give enough time. So I wanted to still have representation from the audience that we have for BG Mania on the episode for our second year anniversary celebration. So I took from a track that was originally submitted for a radio hour. And this comes to us from a listener who's been with us for a while. Uh, Jesse said they've been listening for over a year Jesse, now. Jesse, he's a friend. Friend of the show? I can't say he's a good friend of mine. I'm not going to say with Jesse's girl. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, wondered what, I wondered what you were doing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, Jesse in the email, they said that they've been listening for over a year and they wanted to finally submit a track for Radio Hour. And this particular track comes from one of their favorite handheld games of all time. And it got me thinking, we haven't seen an entry in this series in a while. I wonder if maybe we'll see something on Switch because this has traditionally been a handheld series and the Switch is a hybrid, so it would make sense. Let's take a listen to the track. We'll talk more about it when we come back. From Golden Sun, this is Isaac's battle theme. was Isaac's Battle Theme from Golden Sun, which came out here on the Game Boy Advance November 12th, 2001. So there is a two in there. There's actually two twos in there. Uh, November 12th and 2001. 
composed unknowingly to me, and I actually should have known this, but I had forgotten until I looked it up, uh, Matoy Sakuraba. We went back to back on Matoy Sakuraba. Oh, wait. The second time we played Matoy Sakuraba? <laughs> the second time we there played we Matoy Sakuraba. Yeah, we went back to back on that. So we did manage to find a way that it does still tie in to the theme of the show. But Golden Sun, man, three games. It's a three-game trilogy. We have Golden Sun, Golden Sun, what was the second one? Uh, the Lost Age. The Lost Age. Lost and then Age the, the third one was Dark Dawn, when the third one was 2010 on the DS. But that was it. Just three games in that series, and then it was gone. I'm really surprised Nintendo has not brought this back yet. It's the perfect game to bring back. They were good games, too. I mean, I'm not... It, well, Admittedly, I'm not the biggest JRPG guy, but I like these games. I like catching the gin and using them to like augment my power. It was cool stuff. It was it had a bit of Pokemon element to it. It did a little bit. Yeah, these games are a lot of fun. It was kind of like, man, it really was sort of mixed of like Pokemon and Final Fantasy, but with a little bit of like the Atelier series because there was alchemy going on as well. There was. This this was a fun series, and I'm like I said, I'm surprised that Nintendo has not actually continued this because uh, developed by Camelot, Camelot's still going. I mean, they just did Mario Tennis Aces last yeah. year, so like they, they have them stuck doing just the Mario sports games now. You think they would let them make freaking a Golden Sun game? Because that's the original team behind Shining Force, dude. Like they know what they're doing. With, I uh, See, now that I think about it, do I do I want a new Golden Sun or do I want a new Mario Golf for the Switch? I, mean, I know, Brian. Do, I know. They could do both. They could do both. Why couldn't they do both? I mean, there's no reason why they can't. Yeah, especially now that we, you know, we we are just we just have one system. You know, we don't need to have the games coming out on the 3ds and the wii u the 3ds and the switch like we don't need that anymore like you just have one system so just you know they did aces last year crank out golf next year we'll work on golden sun put that out in like 2021 or 2022 i don't see why they couldn't do that they probably could the team is smart like i said they used to crank out games every year and they, they kind of they actually almost still do so they could do it but thank you jesse for a fantastic submission on our two-year celebration episode. I know that was for a radio hour, but I'm glad I got to play it here. We'll need, uh, we'll need another track for a radio hour this month, so if you're listening out there, submit another one. And if you are not Jesse, feel free to submit more tracks. BGmania at leveldowngames.com Hell, if you are Jesse, still submit tracks. <laughs> no, that's why I said if you're listening out there, feel free to submit another one for radio hour. But if you're not Jesse, you can still submit tracks as well. You won't let me submit tracks. You submit eight oh, every oh, wait, episode. Wait, I'm <laughs> Let's jump to our second Jessica pick on the episode today. And it just wouldn't be one of her picks and it just wouldn't be a celebration episode if we didn't get something from her favorite game series of all time. From The Sims 2, this is by mode number two.
And that was by mode number two from The Sims 2, which released on PC September 14th, 2004, composed by Mark Mothersbaugh. Mark Mothersbaugh did the... Rugrats. Yeah, I was going to say, he's. you should definitely be familiar with him. Did the Rugrats, did a lot of things, but uh, also did the music for The Sims 2, My Sims, all the My Sims games, actually. Also, the Crash Bandicoot games. Yes. And he's from uh, the Devo. <laughs> Whip it. Whip it good. You know that band? Really? Yeah. You didn't know that? He is from Devo. Holy crap, Ryan. I, do, I didn't know that. It's one of those things that he, he, wears, <laughs> he, he wears that hat. Yeah, just from uh, literally from my backyard in Akron, Ohio, where that band started. Son of a bitch. You had to get in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh represent that doesn't i don't know but yeah no not only the crash bandicoot games but also the jack and daxter trilogy one two and three now mark martha's bro he's the fire yo as the kids would say he's a i don't think that's what they say but he is a he is a fantastic composer and he was fun when he was in devo like it's kind of cool but that track is catchy man that's like he's good at that type of stuff he's good at catchy music you think you know this particular track we just heard from the sims 2 you think like the main theme from crash bandicoot and jack and daxter like those tracks are catchy rugrats's main theme super catchy dude i originally uh, uh, i originally picked a track from the sims 2 he, there's a lot of good music on that soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. The Sims 2, uh, Je- Jessica gets the itch a lot to go back and play The Sims 2 because it's like her favorite one. You know, she plays the most recent. She still goes back that and was, plays The Sims 3. That was the last one I actually like, played and like put time into. Oh, really? She's yeah. been trying to, uh, she, like, she's been dying to go back and actually play like The Sims 1, but you cannot get that to run on modern PCs. <laughs> wow. So, you know, without, say, for maybe like creating a virtual machine running like Windows 95 or 98 or something like that, uh, it's tough to be able to play The Sims we 1. Pro- we could probably run The Sims 1 in Minecraft. You probably could run The Sims 1 in Minecraft. <laughs> that was a fun pick, though. I really enjoyed that. And uh, yeah, we will have one more pick from her coming up here a little bit later in the show. But we're kicking it back to you, Frank. Yeah, thank God we're kicking it back to me because you don't know how to pick anything, Brian. I know how to pick a lot of things. I'm just kidding. I'm just busting chops. Oh, Jesus, Frank. That's the forced, forced <laughs> transitions. <laughs> it's my thing. Uh, from Uncharted 2, this at is you ha- at least you have some, busting some, chops. At least you have something. You're damn right I do. <laughs>
and that was Bustin' Chops from Uncharted 2. Came out October 13th, 2009, composed by Greg Edmondson. Um, you may know Greg from the other Uncharted games, uh, 1, 2, and 3. Yeah. Uh, what, what I know him from is he was the main composer for the King of the Hill TV series. He oh, didn't, he okay. Didn't the theme, he didn't do the theme song, but all the music throughout the series was him. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, it's a name I saw on a weekly basis. So when I was looking, I was like, hey, 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 we, we have a chance to get him on the episode. So I had to do it. Of course. Yeah. And Uncharted 2 <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Uncharted 2 is definitely my favorite of the first three games. It's the best of the first trilogy. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it's so good. The set pieces in that one are fantastic. Uh, I, I really am sad that I waited so long to get into the Uncharted series. Like I didn't jump into Uncharted. I played through one, two, and three right before the fourth one was about to come out. You know what? Sometimes that's actually pretty fun. Like that's how I did uh, Metal Gear. Oh yeah, you've told that story before. Yeah, you you waited a long time and a long, long time. Yeah, and it, it is a little disappointing because those games are so fantastic. Just like the Uncharted games are so fantastic, also with great soundtracks as well. Like both of those series do. Uh, won, won a lot of awards. This one, uh, the Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences, uh, Sciences Awards for uh, Best Composition, Best Score, Best Audio, Music of the Year from BAFTA, the British Academy of Film and Television. Uh, I mean, this is he, he's amazing. He is good. Uncharted 2 really did feel like a movie, like not even just the second, but the entire Uncharted series. They Their, their scores feel like film scores, and that's what's so great. I've been saying it for years. Make these movies. They are. There's an Uncharted movie coming out next year. Do not tease me, Brian. I cannot stand it, okay? Because he also did, he also he also did the soundtrack for Firefly. So if he does Nathan, is if Nathan Fillion shows up in this, my nipples will be erect. You have well, wasn't Nathan Fillion the uh, the actor that played Drake in that like fan made video thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> like that was that. But yeah, I don't think he's actually in the Uncharted movie. Uh, you being such a big fan of like nerd culture and stuff, surprised you didn't know there was a I Uncharted movie coming. I, I don't follow a lot of stuff like that. I stay more towards the comic book side of things. Okay. Uh, but I'm now I'm pleasantly surprised and you gave me another reason to live so I could put this away. Yeah, yeah. It's coming out December 18th, 2020, uh, directed by Dan Trachtenberg. I don't know who he is. I know who Michelle Trachtenberg is, but I don't know who Dan Trachtenberg yes, I, is. Yes, I, I, am, I am familiar with Michelle Trachtenberg, but this is Dan Trachtenberg. Uh, directed 10 Cloverfield Lane. Okay, so he doesn't make good movies. Hopefully this is better, though. <laughs> yeah, he's I'm, only ki- he's, I'm kidding. 10 Cloverfield Lane was actually a good movie. He's only directed a couple things. He did direct one episode for Black Mirror back in 2016, uh, Playtest. Yeah, he hasn't directed that was, too that many was, That things. was a good episode as well. I'm not familiar with that one, but he's, he's done a few things. Uh, it stars Tom Holland and Brian Cranston. Awesome. I like Tom Holland. He's Spider-Man's. Yeah, he's playing Nathan Drake. Brian, you just made my day. <laughs> I because was trying that, to see... Because of that, I'm going to let you pick the next song. Well, it was my turn anyway. But I was trying to see if there was a composer attached to this already, but it does not appear I that there hope is. it's Greg That'd be cool. It would be super cool if it was, but it does not say. So we will have to wait and see. Let's see. Actually, you know One more credit. Let's see. Uh, screenplay, screenplay, writer, producer, concept artist, consultant. Nope, not on there yet. So no no actual composer attached to this yet. Hopefully it will be him, though. That would be really cool. All right, Frank, I'm going to go to a game series that I pick from often here at BG Mania. Brian, I'm not, I'm not letting you play another Warcraft song. I'm sorry. 
I I don't have a World of Warcraft song on here. Don't uh, don't worry. There's nothing from World of Warcraft in the episode. Nothing from World of Warcraft. I mean, nothing is worse than when someone picks tracks from the same game over and over and over again. Don't worry, it's coming. Don't you worry. I I know you're making fun of yourself there, but I am. Yes, I'm foreshadowing. But I tend to pick a lot from a, a little JRPG on the Super Nintendo known as Lufia 2 Rise of the Sinistrals. Only because of how fantastic I don't the blame soundtrack you. I like every song is. I've heard so far. Yeah, every time we play something from Lufia 2, it always stands out. Uh, it's a composer that really didn't do that much, and we talk about it all the time. But I want to take a listen to another track from Lufia 2. So again, from Lufia 2, Rise of the Thin- um, Wow. Rise of the Sinistrals. That's kind of hard to say when you say it fast. This is the Earth. was the Earth from Lufia 2 Rise of the Sinistrals, which came out here in North America May 1996, no actual date. Uh, this is usually kind of weird because usually by 96, we do start getting dates attached, but for whatever reason, there wasn't one attached to this. And the only reason we know that is because of a review from Die Hard Gamers Club, which was a magazine in May of 1996. So it came out sometime around then here in North America, but composed by Yasunori Shiono. 
And I remember talking about this several times, but, you know, just something about Yasunori, because Yasunori Shiono, this was his first ever game that he composed, and it's phenomenal. And I make the comparison a lot to Yasunori Mitsuda, who his first game that he composed was Chrono Trigger, which was also phenomenal. It's just it's it's crazy. And I really like everything that this guy has done. I mean, it's it's I, I can't speak highly enough of his music and his compositions, but really the shining star with the 10 or so games he's compo- he composed throughout his career. And the last one he actually did was uh, the sound effects for 2010's Lufia Curse of the Sinistrals, uh, a kind of sequel, but kind of not sequel to this particular game. It's awesome. It's so much fun. And I regularly like to go back and play through the Lufia games like they are. It, it is really one of my favorite JRPG franchises that doesn't get enough love. It, it involves a werewolf, right? It does not involve a werewolf. <laughs> oh, I will find a good werewolf Japanese RPG and I will fall in love. Yeah, you could try, but I don't know. Man, it's fun. Like the dungeons are similar to Zelda games. The the games, I mean, they take a lot of inspiration from the Final Fantasy series. They're just fun games. I really enjoy these a lot. And I kind of wish this franchise would also come back, but I don't think it will. You hear that? We want a Lufia 3. Well, I reason I don't think we'll ever get. I mean, there's been more than three Lufias. But Neverland was the actual one. I've, I've talked about this before as oh, well. Oh, I was just Never- about Jackson die. We're never, it's never coming back. I get it. No, nope, wrong Neverland. Neverland was the uh, team ignorant. behind the Rune Factory series and several other things. But they went out of business in like 2014 or something like that. And they kind of got dissolved into Marvelous. Oh, no, I joke for that. Sorry. Because uh- <laughs> not everything does, needs or requires a, a stupid comment from the heavy. That's your new name, Brian. I, I don't mind that, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to just start. It is the heavy. <laughs> now, uh, kids, if you're being bullied in school, um, understand that it's people like Brian who just are doing this. Okay. Just know they grew up to be real jerks. <laughs> in front of our child, Brian. Okay, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> What's next? So for my next track, uh, I'm not going to force a transition on you this time. Sure you are. I just you no, haven't I, heard I'm, it I'm, yet. No, no, I'm not. No, this is uh, this is generally one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, definitely probably my favorite in the whole series. Uh, from Mega Man 2, this is Woodman.
from Mega Man 2, that is Woodman. Came out June of 89. Composed by Taka- Takashi Tadishi. Uh, we've mentioned uh, Takashi before uh, when we did a pretty deep dive into Mega Man. That, that, do you have, I believe it was two years ago in October? No, no. It was, yeah, it was actually it was last, last October. It was last, it was last October, okay. Yeah, it was it was last October, wasn't it? Because the first October we did Castlevania. And we did Mega Man because it's all different costumes. Yes, which is kind of how we... See, see how we did that? We were clever. Yeah, which is kind of how that actually worked out. Exactly. Yep. I was, I was telling Brian a story. I don't, I don't believe I told it during our Mega Man episode, but uh, Mega Man 2 was a game that I played a lot with my sister, Nicole. See, you made it into the anniversary episode. How do you like that? <laughs> but me and my sister, Nicole, we played this game because uh, Mega Man 2 had a like a cheat or a glitch or whatever you call it. If you held down on the, uh, the, the D-pad... You, you would become invincible when you fell. So I would either have her hold it for me while I played and just used it through, or I would, or or I would I would hold it and I would like go ahead, sis, you do it. You're the best. Okay, yeah. I, get my, I get my controller back. Yeah, and to this day, I'm super nice to her and I've never done anything to piss her off. And now you guys can actually play Mega Man Two together, and she could wear her new sweet Frank all over T-shirt. Yes. Um, <laughs> So it's been a thing that I started this year where I sent her horrible presents. I've sent her a glitter bomb, uh, which exploded all over her pizza. So I'm sorry for ruining a good pizza. Um, How dare you? <laughs> it wasn't my intent. I wanted to explode in her car. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Yes, for her birthday, I got her a t-shirt with my face all over it every which way but loose. So. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. And it's, it's, it's amazing and terrifying all at the same time. Uh, but, but, but the music, man. Woodman is one of my favorites. Uh, so much so that I've mentioned this a couple times on other episodes. Uh, I made a Woodman episode. Uh, uh, I made a Woodman stage in Mario Maker 2. Yeah, you mentioned it, I think, during the Mario episode. Maker 2 episode uh, <laughs> two days ago, but also earlier this week on the Max Level podcast. Which, if you aren't subscribed to, you should definitely do that. You know, and uh, leave some comments. We love that. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. And we and we love you. Thanks for being here, two years. We do. And anyone that's been around for the entirety of the two years, I mean, it's been a journey. I know. The, really, the only one I know off the top of my head that's been here since the very beginning is the Mix Master. So shout out to you. You're getting a shout out for our uh, two year celebration episode. But yeah, the Mix Master has been around since the very beginning which is great because i don't know him in real life <laughs> and really like he's the only one i know that like is not a friend or family member that's been listening to the show from since the beginning and that's freaking awesome so thank you so much yes uh, i'm sure there's i'm sure there's more of you out there that have been around since the beginning or the very big like close to the beginning but i don't know because we don't hear from a lot of people so hey shout us out we'll shout you out yeah feel free to write us in feel free I'll, to I'll, I'll, I'll write a rap song, including your name. Do you will not, but feel free to follow us on Twitter. Instagram. I will. Whether or not Brian lets I go to air is, <laughs> is another thing. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're all over social media. Feel free to follow us, interact with us. You can send us emails. Like I mentioned it all the time. BGmania at leveldowngames.com. You can find us at leveldowngames.com. You can interact with us through Kyle's Twitch, twitch.tv slash Bruce underscore deduce. We're all over the place. So you got Marty from UK. He's keeping it lit. We got Jesse who sent that Golden Sun pick. It's a, it's a work in progress. We're getting Golden, there. Golden Sun hit, Frank. You don't even know how to rhyme. Uh, neither do most rappers nowadays, okay? <laughs> all right, man. Let's jump to another one of my picks. And it's going to kind of be a callback to another previous episode we've done. An episode that uh, you and I had a lot of fun picking music from. From The Witcher 2, this is a tavern on the riverbank.
And that was A Tavern on the Riverbank from The Witcher 2 Assassins of Kings, which came out here in North America, actually worldwide, May 17th, 2011 on PC. It would hit Xbox 360. I had to, sorry, I had to look for a second. Xbox 360, April 7th, 2012. And then uh, that's it. It's just been on 360 and PC. But I really am a huge fan of the Witcher franchise. More so 3. The Witcher 3 is one of my favorite games of all time. And I still consider it to probably be my game of the generation of the PS4, Xbox One generation. I don't think anything has actually topped the Witcher 3 yet in terms of aesthetic in terms of gameplay in terms of story in terms of everything like that that game is special spider-man okay i have played spider-man but the witcher 3 i still think is a a very very special game that should be the game of the generation because of just everything that it did but the witcher 2 set up a lot of the events obviously for the witcher 3 and it's actually really cool because it sold almost 2 million copies by 2012 and i'm sure it's sold significantly more since then that particular track there's three composers on the the witcher series marcin persbalowitz is the main composer but interestingly enough that actual track was not composed by them it was composed by two other individuals adam skorupa and kirstoff Weirzenkivisits. Rudy, 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 Bork, Bork, Bork. Something like that. Uh, obviously, you know, what is that? And uh, to our Eastern European fans, Lucian um, Tomucho. They are. I mean, they're they're Polish composers, so their 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 names are tough. How to many say. Polish composers does it take to compose a song? Let me stop. I don't know, Frank, but I don't want to no, get uh, into that. Kristoff Weirzen. However you say the last name. It's pronounced Kristoff. Even though it's spelled weird, I know. It's pronounced Kristoff. I I know that's Kristoff, yes. But the last name is what I'm having trouble with. Weirzenkaiwzwitz or something like that. Uh, It's actually pronounced Smith. (laughs) It's not pronounced Smith. It's Chris Smith. They they helped with, uh, obviously, The Witcher 3, The Witcher 2, uh, Bulletstorm, Call of Juarez, Dead Island, a lot of things. Shadow Warrior, Shadow Warrior 2. Trying to think if there's anything else being in this list. Are they going to be on uh, Cyberpunk? No. If if they are, not actually confirmed yet. But I do think Cyberpunk has a totally different... And I'll actually uh, check this live. I think they have a... yeah. No, Marson is doing it. Marson pers- okay. pers- Blossoms. But I believe that somebody else is helping him with it. That is more Synthwave and Retrowave inspired. So be be curious to see who that ends up being. If anybody at all, maybe Marcin just does it himself. I would be really fine with that as well, because he, like I said, his work on the Witcher series, specifically Witcher 3, has been phenomenal. But that's a fun little callback. And we didn't pick anything from the Witcher 2 for that episode, but a fun little episode we did where we explored music from medieval setting games, like games that all had like that medieval times feel to it back in like the dark ages of Camelot type thing, which is actually a game, but things like that. It was a fun episode we did last year and all bard-esque or bardy. I don't know how like all that type of music goes. Uh, the word is actually bardic, believe it or not. Is it bardic? Bardic it music? Is. <laughs> I was wondering. I, I, I only know that being a giant D&D geek, so yeah. It's okay. all I paid off. I knew something because of, because of stupid games. Yep. There you go. Now I'm thinking with portals. You are an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> As promised, because I've only been begging for more portal tracks from you guys since forever. You're making me do it myself. 
from Portal 2. What's that tell you, Frank? What? I said, what's that tell you? It tells me that you you guys have crap taste in music. How dare you? (laughs) (laughs) For, For this banger right here from Portal 2 is I'm different. was I'm Different from Portal 2. Um, came out April 19th, 2011. Composed by Mike Morassi. Yeah. Um, this is a song you hear in the secret hidden room with the uh, with Caroline. I guess. I'm not I'm not super familiar with Portal 2. Like, I've played I think, it. I'm pretty sure. I've played it, but I couldn't tell you where music takes place or anything like that. So don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure. Which means say, probably not at all. Uh, I haven't played this game in like two years, so. Which is surprising to me because you talk so much like, you know, like. Main game. I I still go back and play test chambers, like the ones that people make themselves. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Um, That makes more sense. That that, that I do more regularly. Um, But like the main game itself, I mean, how many times are you going to run through the same story? Which is a great story. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, I I, I like to keep things breezy, as, as the kids do often say. I don't think anybody says that. Maybe they did, or maybe they should again. I don't know. Was that like from the from 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 the seventies? I was thinking maybe like the nineties, like from, when your, from your from your childhood. I was born in the eighties, Brian. How dare you? Keeping things groovy. <laughs> I do. I do wish I was born earlier, though. Yeah, I think we all do. I wish I would have been born slightly earlier, just so that way I could have experienced like the the highs of the like the Sunset Strip era of music. I, w- I would have loved to have been a teenager around that time. I want I want to go back even further. I want to be a kid during the fifties, you know, back when we were kicking, yo, know, Nazi ass. 
well, I guess, I guess that's the 40s. Um, not only that, but it, I mean, being born in the 50s, that's like your freaking jukebox era, car hop type stuff. Man, though, that was a freaking fun decade, too. What do we have now? Poodle skirts. Justin, the, the Justin Bieber's and the Taylor Swift's. Justin Bieber, first of all, is not popular anymore, at least to my knowledge. I have no idea. I don't keep up with this kind of stuff. I'm stuck in say, the 90s. I was going to say, you're, <laughs> you're still going back like 10 years ago. Uh, Taylor Swift still is popular, though, I think. The, the, the Jonas Brothers and... Nope, not popular. I actually do think they just they actually think they just got back together, actually, but l- I don't l- think they're popular. L- l- little Nas X taking his course down to the Old Town Road with Billy Ray Cyrus. Okay, I there know you things. Go. There you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah, you know nothing. <laughs> I I know nothing. All right, man. Let's jump to another one of my picks, and it just Do wouldn't we have be a, to. yeah, and it wouldn't be a celebration episode if I didn't play something from Falcom. Please, please do. From the Legend of Heroes: Trails of Cold Steel Two. This is Awakening. That was Awakening from The Legend of Heroes, Trails of Cold Steel 2. 
which originally came out here in North America September 6, 2016 on PlayStation 3 and Vita. Japan saw it two years earlier in 2014, and it finally hit PS4 just last month, June 4th, 2019. A interview actually just went up. We're going to give a quick shout out to our friends over at Easy Allies. They actually just had a uh, interview with the president of Nihon Falcom. At, literally just went live the day we're recording it, July 9th. So you can actually check that out. But they talked about in this interview how like there's been localization concerns and Falcom is trying really, really, really hard to get companies to localize their games quicker. The only issue with Falcom games, and we know this from all the times that Xseed has talked about it in the past, their games have heavy scripts, but they're also the reason why these guys are at the top of the game when it comes to JRPGs and the, you know, the modern era. Like there isn't a studio out there doing them better because they understand what made games great back in like the 90s and early 2000s when JRPGs were in the golden era. They're the only studio still doing it in that style and consistently like they're not pushing cutting edge graphics, which is fine. They do just enough to get by, but their games are fantastic. They play well and they have a amazing stories and soundtracks that particular song was composed as all of the music is for falcom games the falcom jdk sound team heyota sonoda and takahiro unisuga the two composers from the sound team that were working on trails of cold steel 2 and trails of cold steel 3 actually comes out later this year in north america in september bringing to us uh, from nas america which will be a lot of fun i can't wait to play through that is it the first time it's coming to us or no yes actually yep that's the first time it's actually releasing here so well, let's, hurry, let's, let's hurry up and make part four so we can play it in six years. Part four is already out in Japan. And uh, oh, NIS, uh, okay. NIS, NIS America is most likely when they when they got the when they got the contract to do Trails of Cold Steel three, they most likely also picked up the one for four. So I have a feeling we'll see four get them sooner than okay. NIS America works fast. Like they get a lot of flack because their translations sometimes are mistranslated and they have like misspellings and that kind of stuff, but that's because they work so fast. They they are whereas Xseed, you know, they they took their time. They went over things multiple times. NIS America just likes to hurry up and get games out as quick as possible because that's kind of what fans want. They want to play them as fast as possible after they release in Japan in their local language. So NS America does their best to do things fast, but still do good enough of a job. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Charles of Cold Steel 4 hit North America next year, like in the fall of next year. Like that was probably what they're going to do. PS5 or? Uh, the game came out in Japan on PS4, so I have a feeling it would be oh, PS4. NS America usually sticks to the platforms that the original games came out on. So I have a feeling it would be PS4, but they are now working on the next Trails game, which is this Cold Steel 4 was the last of the Cold Steel saga. So, you know, we had the Trails in the Sky saga. Then we had the two offshoot games that we haven't seen yet in North America, which that Easy Allies interview that just went out today. They also talk about putting those two games which released on the PSP on the PlayStation 4. So they're working on doing that. And if that happens, I bet NAS America will also localize those. Please, because I just want to hear more soundtracks. Oh, dude, we could play music all day from it. We don't have to play music just from games localized. <laughs> that's, that's one of the rules, isn't it? No, it's not a rule at all. I love playing music from Falcom games because they're always like rocking. They're always epic. And they even when they're not, when they're like emotional and slower, they know how to make a good tune. And that's what's great. The Falcom J uh, JDK sound team never disappoints. Maybe one of these radio hours will do a Falcom fest. 
We should, man. We should just do a Falcom episode. Like, not even a radio hour. Like, just Falcom Fest. That should be it. An entire month of Falcom music. <laughs> you, Brian, you wouldn't break my heart. It's like Woodstock, but Falcom <laughs> instead. All right, man. Let's kick to Jessica's last pick. And it happens to come from a game Aww, that she... Pick I know. I know. No, I, we have some good stuff coming up. But she put a ton of time into this game after the first of the year played longer than I did. She did all the stuff, like every side thing. I just did the main story, some of the side stuff. She 100% of this game, and it was very impressive. So she's got a track for us from Red Dead Redemption 2. This is the train heist theme. And that was the train heist theme from Red Dead Redemption 2, which came out worldwide on PS4, Xbox One, October 26th, 2018, composed by Woody Jackson. What a freaking awesome tune that is, dude. Remember, this game actually won for best score and music at the Game Awards last year. It did. And this was a really good soundtrack, too. There's a lot of good songs here. 
Yeah, no, no. We've played quite a bit from Red Dead Redemption 2. More more recently, we've played like some of the emotional tunes that were in there because it is a very emotional game with some emotional music. But my God, man, just that song is so Western. Like that song is your cliche, everything about the Wild West. And it's so good. What a fantastic pick. I just want to go out there on the range and kill me some engines and home on the range where the deer and the antelope play. Where's Hilden is her? And the skies are cloudy all day. Is that how it ends? I think so. Something like that. Something like that. But man, what a great you can game. Why, you, you can see why we podcast and aren't like professional singers, right? Like, Hey, I, I sound better than you do. Not, not a chance, okay? <laughs> My milkshake is what brings all the boys to the yard. Thank you very much. That is exactly true. No, I want a milkshake. God damn it. <laughs> all right, man. Two picks left on the episode, and you are up next with the penultimate pick. All right. Uh, so what I did here was... I hit you with the two twice. I'm doing the remake, so the second version of my uh, of the second game in the series, my favorite Game Boy game of all time, remade on the 3DS from Metroid Samus Returns, or the Return of Samus, however you want to do it. This is versus Queen Metroid.
that was versus Queen Metroid from Metroid Samus Returns. Uh, the original Metroid, The Return of Samus, came out in November 1991. Uh, this remake came out September 15th, 2017. The original, composed by Ryoji Yoshitomo, the new version that you just heard there, Daisuke Matsuoka. Fantastic track, dude. What a good track. Love the track. Love this game. Uh, Brian, you have to play this. Uh, I know. It's it's on my list. Like, it's in my backlog. It's one of those games I need I, to I clear off eventually. I, trust me. You know I have a stack and a half of games that I should be playing, but I just don't. This is my all-time favorite Game Boy game. Maybe my favorite portable game of all time. Yeah, I, I never I never own the original, but I do own the one on the 3DS, and it is on my list to get around to eventually. I know I would love it, so. My, my cousin Tony from... Youngstown, Ohio, mm-hmm. OH. IO. There you go. Uh, bought me this for a birthday present and it got me hooked on. I've always I had a Game Boy at the time, but it got me hooked on the Metroid series, even more so. I had Metroid one, but this really made me a fan of the 2D uh, Metroid games. Yeah, see, and, and for me, it was Super Metroid that made me a fan of Metroid games. Like, I, I played Metroid 1, but I wasn't, like, super crazy about it. But when, like, Metroid, uh, when Super Metroid came out on the SNES, I was like, my God, this is phenomenal. And that's what hooked me. But then, then Metroid Prime came out, and, like, this is just it. Like, I love the, I love the 3D Metroid games more so than the 2D ones. And this this game so influential for games going forward. I mean, Metroid One. You know, we, we always talk about a Metroidvania a game where you have to, or like like that, like Castlevania or Metroid, where yeah. there's a lot of back, where there's a lot of backtracking. Um, there were some backtracking in Metroid One, but this one, Metroid Two, oh, backtrack and a half. Yeah, I can I can imagine, and that's exciting because you know I've been playing a lot of Metroidvania recently. Uh, the most recent one, Bloodstained: Ritual of the Night, from Koji Igarashi, you know the creator of Castlevania, played through and finished that a few weeks ago, and had an absolute blast, man. It's seriously the best Metroidvania to come out since like Order of Ecclesia or Sh- uh, Symphony of the Night. So I definitely have to get on that as well. Well, yeah, you, that's that's something that you have to play for sure because you would absolutely love that. Oh, it, it's happening! It's going down. But that was a fantastic piece of tra- uh, piece of track. No, that was a piece of music, but it was fantastic. And it just, dude, it's epic, man. It's a battle that you're Queen Metroid. Come on. What a, it was such a great battle, such a great moment in the game. A battle that, you know, yeah, you, you know, you're going to the final battle. I did not expect her to look the way she looked. Just an amazing moment in my gaming history. Just through and through and through. That's awesome. That's super cool. I, I, I connect with this one on a personal level. Touches me deep down in my touching places. Uh we got one track left, Brian. You get to close us out on this anniversary episode. Closing out the anniversary episode. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun here. So let's take a listen to something from one of my favorite game series of all time. I, I did play a couple tracks on the episode today from some of my favorite game series like The Witcher, Dark Cloud, Mario. But we're going to actually kick to Warcraft. And I said we're Brian, not having... you son of a bitch. You said you were not playing anything from World of Warcraft. I I stand by what I said. I'm not playing anything from World of Warcraft. I could have technically played, and this would have flied. I could have played something from the Burning Crusade expansion, because it's technically the second. Or I could have played from Wrath of the Lich King, because again, by our rules, that was the second expansion to the game. So there's things I could have picked from World of Warcraft, and uh, it would have actually counted. But I decided to go with an actual sequel. I went back to Warcraft 2. Tides you, of Darkness. You had to find a way, didn't you? You had to find a way. I went to Warcraft 2 Tides of Darkness, which is an RTS fantasy real-time strategy game that released back on December 9th, 1995 on PC 
we would get Sega Saturn and PlayStation 1 ports in 1997, August 31st to be exact here in North America. Uh, we're going to listen to Human Number 4. And this was composed by Glenn Stafford. Now, if you are familiar at all with the Warcraft franchise and series and all that kind of stuff, Warcraft 2 Tides of Darkness just deals with the ongoing saga between the humans and the orcs. So all the, the entire soundtrack, it's just different variations of human music and different variations of orcish music. You're not, you don't have your undead. You don't have your trolls. You don't have your tauren, your dwarves, your night elves. All that kind of stuff like they're gnomes they're there technically but it's more the battle between the humans and the orcs which was how kind of warcraft one was as well and then warcraft three when that came out in the frozen throne that really led us to the beginnings of where world of warcraft would start and man i've been putting so much time i've kind of i've been sucked back into world of warcraft i actually now am mad at myself that I stopped playing because I kind of forgot why I stopped playing. Uh, I restart. I, I got back into my druid. He was 110. I got my druid back up to 120 and I am absolutely loving the game. Like I'm currently in the process of getting myself raid ready, but I've kind of been like putting out feelers and looking for a team that I can play with throughout like the morning slash afternoon hours here on the East Coast where it wouldn't affect anything that we do like on Saturdays for our recording our shows and it wouldn't affect anything that I do in the evening times. So I'm trying to find like I'm, I want to stick to like six or nine hours a week where I can just jump in, say from like noon to three, you know, a generally a dead time where I'm just sitting around playing other games or watching TV. If I could jump in and play some Warcraft, that'd be awesome. So I'm trying to find a team that I could do that with again, six, nine hours a week. I'd be totally happy doing that. But Warcraft 2, man, really, really was a great game back in the day. Not so much Warcraft 3 really is still the pinnacle of the RTS genre, in my opinion, at least for Warcraft. I know a lot of people like Starcraft more than Warcraft 3. But Warcraft 2, Tides of Darkness, great game, fun little game, worth going back and checking out if you've never played the beginnings of where World of Warcraft started. So again, from Warcraft 2, Tides of Darkness, we're going to take a listen to Human Number 4 by Glenn Stafford. But I think that's going to bring us to the close of our celebratory two-year anniversary episode of BG Mania. We'll do another one next year. July 12th, 2020, we'll be back for a celebratory episode uh, three years. So, we'll, But we will not be doing music from the third games in series. We'll do something different. No, it's maybe I'll talk about the third game in the series. I, I don't know. Maybe we'll come up with a different theme, or maybe we'll just pick randomly like we did last year. I that's going to be that's going to be the all portal episode. I can wait a year. Don't worry. Yeah, no, no, no. Unless Portal Three's out, and then we'll make it an all Portal Three episode. You heard it, Gabe. Make it happen. <laughs> all right, man. Anything else to say before we get out of here today? Uh, just thanks for being with us on this incredible ride. Uh, here's to ten more years. 10 more years, man. In 2029, we'll be doing a 12-year anniversary BG Mania episode. Man, that'd be crazy. I know we can do it because we are obviously, like, Level Down Games isn't going anywhere, which means BG Mania is not going anywhere, which means the Max Level Podcast isn't going anywhere. Like, we're here to stay. Whether you like us or you don't, we're here to stay. And hopefully it's, you like us. I don't know. <laughs> That's all that really matters. Hopefully by then we'll be in our studio in LA and uh, rocking it out. Yeah, man. Well, the ultimate goal is to get a legit place, like an actual studio, 
in an actual building where Level Down Games employees can work and write articles and write reviews and record podcasts and other things like I don't want to I don't want to compete with like IGN GameSpot I say that all the time but I would love to be a small operation with you know a handful of employees that actually go to work and and do things like we I mean we do that now wait a second you still you, you want me to still come to work once you make yeah. it yeah yeah we go to work but right now we just do it from home like what we do is harder work than most people realize so it <laughs> it's not just recording podcasts and editing them we do it because we love it and we love you we, we have a whole operation, and if you've never checked it out, check it out, leveldowngames.com. But that is going to do it for this week. We want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of BG Mania made possible by leveldowngames.com. Don't forget to submit tracks, ideas, and requests for future episodes to bgmania at leveldowngames.com. Regardless of the podcast service you're listening through, be sure to show your support by leaving a rating and a review, especially if you're listening through Apple Podcasts. We need, absolutely need those ratings and reviews. Please, 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 please. please, please. We'd also be grateful if you could drop on over to our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash games and subscribe to us there. And if you haven't already, while you're at it, hit up twitch.tv forward slash games and click that follow button. Say this all the time. We're not live often. If we ever do go live, it's usually on YouTube. If you want to follow someone that is live often, twitch.tv forward slash Bruce underscore deduce. That's B-R-U-C-E underscore D-E-D-E-U-C-E. Our fellow compatriot for the Maximum Podcast and fellow contributor to LoveItOutGames.com, Kyle, streams every Tuesday, every Thursday, and every Saturday or Sunday on Twitch. Dead by Daylight, Overwatch, Rocket League, Random Games, a lot of fun. Super Mario Maker 2, check him out. Stalking us on social media is perfectly acceptable. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook can be the place to do so. Check the description box for the appropriate links. Remember to go back and listen to that Super Mario Maker 2 episode on the 10th. We just did that two days ago. And remember, as we said at the end of that episode, next week on the 17th, our normal posting day, we will be taking a listen to music from the Mario Kart series 1992 through 2003. Hopefully we'll be back next month with another bonus episode. I know we, we've we missed two months. We missed May. We missed June. Bonus episodes are a little bit harder for us to do because it's hard to kind of put them in. But I do still want to get to that point where we can do one bonus episode each month. Hopefully we'll be back next month with another bonus episode. But if not, sorry. <laughs> Taking us out of this episode once again, we have human number four from Warcraft 2 Tides of Darkness, again composed by Glenn Stafford. Keep the music playing, keep it loud, and thank you so much for the two years.